Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jeff Fisher. Jared Brandon. Me, Todd Novak, and we've got a super special all-star guest, uh, and that is... That's your kid. <laughs> All-star. All-star. <laughs> oh, you're giving me far too much credit. This is Johnny from Alchemy Audio and Colin from Chicago. Johnny Balmer. He is yes. on the phone with us. Um, and uh, we, uh, we've we been uh, fortunate enough to uh, been playing around with some of the pedals that he uh, sent our way. And um, so we're going to be talking with him for the, the main guts of this show. Uh, so glad you are listening. So glad you are with us. Um, and uh, try not to steer, shred, and drive at the same time during the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I saw like I saw like a whole bunch of like don't text and drive messages on the way, and just went like, well, I'm I'm like playing steering wheel drums and guitars and everything. Is that bad too? I don't know. Um, all right. So uh, Jared. Why don't you kick us off? What's going on in your music world this week? Well, a couple things. Number one, I've got your guitar at my house. It's uh, you which one? Thief. Which one is right? That? <laughs> the, the the stinky one? No, not okay, stinky. Good. The guitar is not stinky. The case maybe a little, but yeah, no, I bought a cheap uh, case that was stunk too. <laughs> it's a Squire <laughs> Telecaster, and it uh, it actually has some Duncan Design P90s. The bridge sounds really good. I think the neck is okay. But when you combine the two pickups together, it's it's a real mushy, you know, yeah. there's just too much going on there. It sounds so, like a bowl of oatmeal with gravy. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, being out of phase might sound a little more normal. It's crazy. So we'll we'll address that. But And another thing is amplifiers. Um, <clears throat> I've been kind of wondering about looking into uh, putting together my own Plexi clone and, and uh, I mean trying to mm, that sounds like fun yeah so i called uh, mojo tone over down in uh, north carolina or south carolina i don't remember which i've been doing business with them for a long time but so i called one of the amp guys down there and be like hey man i think i want to start my own uh plexi clone and he's like no you don't want to start on a on a uh on a 40 watt you want to start on like a, a fender champ style amp i'm like uh, yeah okay you know <laughs> You mean as far as complexity? No, or man. Just, just, what do you? What yeah, do you yeah, say? yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Complexity and and 40 watts is a lot of power yeah. to be messing with when you don't when you've never built an amp or anything well, like that. So I think any power inside of those is pretty deadly. Well, of course. But uh, anyway, so after that you phone call, I, I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll just buy a plexi clone that somebody else put together and i'll just maybe do some mods to it or something you get a cheap amp and run a plexi pedal (laughs) johnny you got any of those plexi pedals (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah we're he was trying to figure out a way to you know uh, to get the plexi sound out of a out of a without having to buy a plexi see i should come up with a pedal that makes your amp, regardless of how boutique and expensive, sound like a PB Bandit. There it is. There it is, man. What's wrong I had with one. The PB Bandit. What, what's wrong, wrong with that? <laughs> Jeff has one. I have three. Uh, I have the brown one and the he has blonde all, one. He has them all in a stack. They're all but taped I, together. I got one of those. Uh, what I take on? What is it? It's a thirty watt. It's a thirty watt Buddha amp. That thing just kills my eardrums. So you have too many amps. I, don't ter- why do I do have a lot of amps. Why do you need another one? I don't. So after messing with that Buddha amp, and it's it's so loud, and it's just a 30 watt, it just totally killed my uh, desire to have any more powerful amps. But that was my whole pro- thought process, and it's over, and I don't think I'm going to mess with wanting a a Marshall Plexi. It sounds like you need some amp Viagra. I'll just, uh, yeah. Well, I'll just borrow somebody else's at mm. some point. All right. Cool. So, yeah. You, you, you we're checking to see if we need some, we want to drop some new pickups in that uh, I was going to ask, why is he have your guitar? Well, I, I just wanted to check it out because I've been trying to figure out, like, I'm not totally down with the sound, and I wanted to, you I'll know. Tell you what I'll do. On the front? But, or in I'll, general? Uh, I'll take all the wire off and just... And uh, I'll put a 
tap in like the there's usually around 10,000 wines in a P90 to get yeah. about 7 to 8k. I'll put a tap halfway through the wine. That way you can cut half the power off and Ooh, and then uh have that's a tricky. Yeah, have a little uh a switch and if you want to combine the two pickups More it won't switches. be so muddled. And we can also go uh uh in phase and out of phase too. Yeah, if that I just <laughs> <laughs> the, the tap is cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, the tap. That's the right. tap. Nothing better than the tap. Tippy it's tap. 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 It depends it, what tap it is. Some taps really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Um, FA. Yeah, I'm gonna go down that same path of tapping. Okay. Where I was having uh, issues with my pickup, where the screws actually come down into the the guitar body, so you can raise and lower the pickup, right? Yeah. To the feet, yeah. The feet, that's the word. Yeah. The feet. Well, one stripped, so the thing just kept popping up, and I couldn't lower and raise it any longer. You're having the agony of defeat. Defeat. Ah. So I was going to have Jarrett fix it, so I was going to pull it out and bring it in, and like, uh, I think I can maybe figure something out to make this thing work. So I did. I just put like a little bent piece of metal and re-screwed it through there and re-threaded it, and it's holding. But the thing I did do was... Flip the pickup around. Ooh. This is the neck pickup. And I do have that pickup tapped. So I is can it run a humbucker it. Or a it's a humbucker. Pull. Oh, you can take the screws out and have even more craziness. What? Yeah, you take, pop the screws out. What happens when that You'll happens? You'll have less craziness. Yeah, it just, there's less magnification. Oh, yeah. So there's less draw. So it's like, it's like you mm. get a homemade... Tap. How much it'll does that cut It's just down. permanent. It'll just, it'll just make it a little weaker on that one side. Yeah. You have to do that. It'll change That's a tone. common fix, though. Like, um, uh, I, I, was it hollow bodies? I think people with hollow bodies tend to, for some reason, I'm thinking hollow bodies here. I almost did that to my Sheraton to uh, turn the, to, to flip the pickup and then take out the screws just to get a really different sound out of that neck. Well, of hmm. course. Might have to try that. Let's see what the screws do. Yeah, and that would be really easy. Yeah. And the flipping, I was actually surprised how much of a difference it did make. Yeah. I mean, it is a subtlety, but it is different. Yeah. Which I find it to be better. And the fact that I can now cut one of the, the coils out. That is interesting. And run it with my my bridge, right? Yeah. In a single coil setup, so I can basically run it. Because I have two unbarkers in it, that's it. Yeah. Both of them are tapped. So I can run on both as single coils now, which mm. is... That's sexy. Well, I could be four, <laughs> but... The flip was... Uh, I liked it. I liked the flip. Okay. The flip and the tap. The flip and the tap. <laughs> you know, the flip... The flip's There's not no gonna way do, we're going to not get around this. <laughs> the flip's not going to do a lot of... It's it's not going to do any type of big tone nope. difference at all. It won't... It. Taking the poles out, Will, because yeah, you're, have to you're try cutting that. off the magnific the magnification. You know, it, it's did I say magnification? Here. Magnetification. Magneti magnetifying. 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 Yeah. Magnet yeah. Magnetic flux. Yeah. Johnny. Yes. Save us here, buddy. What you, what's going on in your music world? What is going on? Well, a few things. I am organizing an inaugural gear swap. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That looks really cool. It's on the yeah, the, the facility that I practice at is home to about 125 band rehearsal rooms, Jeez. and most of which are shared by more than one band. So there's easily a couple hundred bands that rehearse at this facility, wow. along with recording studios, production companies. They do a lot of film and television shooting there. They do, uh, you know, there's... Uh, music attorneys, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, but the common thread is it's all kind of arts and entertainment and music all under one roof. And so they've got this giant kind of airplane hangar space in the front of the building where they do a lot of television shooting. And I'm taking over that space this Saturday, by the time this airs, I'm sure it will have passed. Um, but, uh, we're inviting a lot of different vendors to buy, sell and trade gear and then in addition to that, uh, we've got food trucks, uh, coffee from a local coffee shop, beer from a local brewery, live music. Holy so, moly. Yeah, Sounds so like all, the best thing ever. 
It has been the bane of my existence for the last uh, four weeks, trying to wrestle every all this stuff together and wrestle all the vendors together. And uh, but it's a, it's been a labor of love. So. I got a plan. Yes, I can go up to your <laughs> that big shindig right for a little yes. while, and then I'll yeah. go up to Wisconsin and watch and watch a football game up there. Are you gonna go? The Buckeyes versus Wisconsin. Now the tickets are probably really expensive because it's it's a really big game up there. Yeah, that's a big one. uh, You should be. Yeah, you should go to the swap meet. You know what? That sounds actually. This swap meet sounds like one of the funnest swap meets ever. Well, the the plan is to do it uh, spring and fall. So this will be the first one. Um, It's shaping up to be a good event, and we're you know people seem to be excited about it. So. Hopefully we'll we'll be able to pull it off, and then the next one I've already got some some kooky ideas to make it better the next time. So wow, yeah, food trucks, beer, and the only beer. thing that would make that better would be like the night. That night would be all bands playing. Yes, that would be awesome. You're yes. gonna be you're gonna be like Mr. Chicago. Well, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot going on, not only with the music scene, but with all people that do kind of like what I do, where you know you've got uh, Daredevil Pedals is based here, Chicago Stompworks. Right. They're actually going to be at the event. Right. Um, you've got a lot of different amp builders and luthiers, and I'm trying to bring all that under one roof, and kind of collectively we can promote the scene and and promote each other. And yeah, um, it's a you know, super rich. Uh, area man it's crazy yeah yeah Which you know and I've, and I've been to a fair amount of these types of events and they're usually kind of way out in the suburbs where a lot of people that you know might not drive uh can't get to and some are better promoted than others and so you know there's been times when i'll participate in one of these and there'll be 30 people through the door and you know so i'm, I'm really trying to like base this right in the heart of the city and 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 create more of a an event beyond just the people there that are buying and selling gear. So, fingers crossed. It sounds like it's it's going to be a good turnout, and I hope it, it becomes something that I that I want it to be. Man, oh man. Okay, we are absolutely there in spring, fellas. Yes, I'll keep you posted. Awesome. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. What have I been up to this week? Um, yeah, what have you been doing? What have I been doing? I have been uh, playing around with uh, a combination of fuzz and drive, um, trying to get the right mix. Um, we're do, we got a show coming up, and um, it's for Halloween, so we're going to throw in a couple Misfits tunes. And um, that's a uh, – it's, it's kind of weird to get such a, um, a tightly packed – over fuzzy lo-fi sound you know if you don't get it right it just sounds like it doesn't sound right um misfits got have a have a really specific sound uh from the guitars and it's it's not one that i think most people try to achieve (laughs) (laughs) so so it's i i you know i was using the fuzz i'm like that's just not it it's just not it and um i recently uh built a um, an MKC three, uh, so it's a, um, uh, a modified clone clone. Um, and, uh, built that one myself and it, and so it's sitting right next to the fuzz. I'm like, this is probably going to blow the crap out of my amp and speakers, but I'm going to try it really quick. And I kick that on with it. I freaking sound exactly like like it, it it sounds exactly like the guitar sound exactly i couldn't believe it hmm. so congratulations yeah that was kind of neat job um and yeah thanks jeff <laughs> <laughs> um and that was through um the uh um one of el rey's uh fuzz pedal i'm trying to think of which one uh it's the one with the girl on it the pinup oh i can't remember the name it's like L, it's L something. They're all kind of like that. Anyways, oh, he's gonna kill me for forgetting. Sorry. Um, and uh, let's see. It is the Masuevos. No, not the Masuevos. It is the 
It's the fuzz de la muerte. That's it. <laughs> fuzz de la muerte. Um, it's a great, it's a good little fuzz pedal. I like it. It's got a lot of bunch of switches on it and junk. It's cool. Um, so that in my clone clone made me sound very, very eerie. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy pedal. I remember demoing that pedal as well. Yeah. It's uh, um, a lot of choices on it. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I've been uh, toying around with. Um, fuzz pedals are a heck of a lot of fun. Um, Johnny, I got a couple questions for you before we get into your like main story, just to so that... Uh, you know, the three, uh, the, the knobs here and anybody listening can kind of get a better sense of what, what's going on with you, but just some gear questions for you, like your own personal, um, uh, preferences and stuff. Like what, tell us about some of the guitars you have and, and what you like and why. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to be drawn, whether it's guitars, amps or pedals, I tend to be drawn toward the more kind of esoteric oddball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for a couple of reasons, just because I, I kind of like the unique, you know, rare quality of, of something that, uh, not everyone has, but also just, you know, quite frankly, like what my budget will allow, you know, like I, I, I don't have the kind of dough to drop, you know, five grand on, on some vintage guitar or a grand or two on a vintage pedal. So it's more fun to me to find those kind of under the radar things and, and, uh, the, you know, so-called sleeper yeah. guitars and amps. So, um, I'm a, and I'm a big fan of low wattage tube amps, um, for practical reasons, obviously, just because, uh, I'm not currently playing in a band. So I just like to be able to crank something up and, yeah. and you know, move some air with it, but at the same time, not rip your head off with, uh, you know, like a hundred watt amp. Yeah. And so, you know, it, at the shop, I've got uh, one of those Swartz Space Tones, little five watt ones that are kind of based on a Champ circuit mm-hmm. that I like a lot. Um, that amp sounds it's loud and it sounds much larger than its size would uh, would indicate. It really fills the room. And uh, what else do I have? I've got a Reason amplifier that I really like. Um, I'm not sure what the current status of that company is. They were started by, I think, the main designer uh, had a history at uh, St. Louis Music prior to that. So he was one of their designers for, like, Crate and Ampeg and all that. And then I think currently he's with uh, Magnetone. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure what reason the status is. You know, they're they're big in Dorsey, and I'm not sure if he still is associated with the company, was uh, – uh, Rich Robinson of the Black Crows. Okay. And so, uh, what I liked about the amp that I have at the shop, it's just a little, uh, two or eight watt switchable head is, um, it's two channels, but then you can also cascade those two channels together. And that's kind of like the so-called like high gain channel. Right. Um, it's, it's a really cool little amp and, Packs a lot of features and a lot of punch for for its size. Uh, as far as guitars, I've got um, I've got like an Epiphone three thirty nine that I really like a lot, uh-huh. um, and I, I put some bare knuckles pickups in there that I that I think sound really great. Um, I've got a what one color of those, is that? Tell- it's uh, the Pelham blue color. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, and it's got the the bare knuckles P nineties in it. It's a great sounding guitar. Now, uh, what's the inlay? Is that the, is that dot or is that the, uh, the, um, yeah, it's the dot ones. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got a Framus, uh, Hollywood. It's like a double cutaway. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Are you, are you familiar with those ones? The f- uh, Framus. Yeah. Um, it's a company. Um, not, I don't know a lot of people that play them. I think Earl Slick played one. Um, I'm trying to describe what it looks. I mean, it's a double cutaway. Headstock looks like. Uh, it's. I mean, it it kind of looks like a three on a side, not too dissimilar from like a Les Paul. Oh, okay, okay. It, does your double cutaway have a have a like a a tone selector on it? It's got a it's got a pickup selector that selects the tone, but it's it's this oddball kind of like lever. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. With the, with the volume and tone, it's, it's I a love really, a double cutaway, man. <laughs> it, it is a really cool guitar, um, and that's another one that like not a lot of people know about, but I, I think it's a really cool looking and yeah. sounding guitar. Um, I've got a really interesting those, pickups on those. Do you have the original pickups in them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those with are the cool. really big uh, giant screws, flathead screws, yes. Is bolt yes. pieces. Yeah. Um. What else? I mean, the the only thing vintage that I own is an old, uh, like early seventies Guild. It's the S one hundred, so it's like their SG copy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that one, that's a that's an amazing guitar, and that one's completely stock. Those are uh, really hard to find, actually. Yeah, they they've kind of uh, become popular with you know. I think there's a few people that play them that have kind of brought attention to them. Well, Kim, um, Kim Thale really yes. knocked that out of the part. I mean, when yep. in, his, in his primes, like you couldn't, that's when they all got bought up, I think. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. one, uh, when I bought it, I got it cheaply because uh, there was an inlay missing on the neck and there was some binding missing. And so it, it definitely needed some love. And I just brought it to one of the, the local shops that I, that I have a relationship with. And they... yeah. Fix it up to the point where you can't even, you know, if I didn't tell you that it, some of that stuff had right. been replaced, they, they would never know. I mean, the way they were able to blend it is incredible. What's the market value on one of those right now in, in say, fair condition? I see them going like 1000 range. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine had one of those in high school. He probably gave a few hundred bucks for it, if any. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and, and they you probably have seen that, uh, 20 that years Nature ago. Boy model that has like the acorn inlays and stuff <laughs> yeah wow yeah those those ones are crazy well, that's, that's cool a, man yeah and that's, i mean otherwise you know I, I try and not get too attached to any gear because i'm you know like anyone i'm constantly buying selling yeah. and trading and stuff but those are probably the mainstays that i've had for a long time that i probably won't get rid of anytime soon what's your what's your one that you regret getting rid of well, when I was younger and playing in bands in the eighties, I owned several Les Pauls and some some old Plexi Marshalls that, you know, who knew at the time that sure. these things would be, you know, tomorrow's vintage, if only I had known and you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean as soon as uh, Guns N' Roses hit, forget about buying a Les Paul yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh everybody's got one that they, you know one or two that they regret getting rid of. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, so talk about, let's talk about, you know, I mean, you're obviously pedal meister. So, um, now you've got a whole shop of pedals, but what is kind of, tell us about your own personal little stock. What do you gravitate towards? Um, surprisingly not a ton. I'm a huge tremolo fan. So I probably have more tremolo pedals than anything. Mm. Um, you know, and, and the same goes for amplifiers. Like if I had to uh, choose between reverb and tremolo, I'd much rather have an amp with a tremolo on it because, uh, especially some of those old fenders, um, nothing beats the, the tremolo sound on those. I've got a really nice old vibro champ at the shop that oh, yeah. the tremolo on there is just magic. Let me ask um, you something. Um, yes, there's, I saw a video maybe a year or two ago about a company that's taking old organ guts like b3s or mm -hmm. they're taking the tremolo units out of those and they're making they're rebuilding just the tremolo effect alone from the organ and oh, selling wow. them and yeah they're doing a really nice job of encasing the tremolo units. super expensive though yeah you know what i'm talking like about 900 bucks right or, yeah so they're like close to a thousand bucks is but, it kind of like an amp top kind of standalone tremolo? yeah yeah it, okay okay but they're, you know, they're encasing it in, in a beautiful wood grain cabinetry and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a big standalone unit, kind of like the Fender Reverb. Can, can you imagine somebody, seeing somebody, there's, there's got to be somebody, all right? But can you imagine going to a show and seeing the dude that rolls out with like a, a reverb tank, a, 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 an old like echoplex <laughs> and and this massive tremolo <laughs> yeah like the tremolo is probably my board. <laughs> worth more than his amp you know what i mean i mean those things are really expensive but they're they're getting all these or old organs from who knows where and organ donors probably <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just the cost 
cost of the logistics is it's probably why these things cost so much you know yeah Just getting the old units or anytime out. you say logistics it's usually important well, oh yeah um <laughs> of course um so tremolo okay that's cool um and now uh Animal. what else walk us through a couple of your uh, other fuzz is always great and there's so many flavors of that, oh, that yeah. Yeah, that's such a dangerous rabbit hole to fall down sure all right now um, when you're doing fuzz um I, I i found that people tend to say i'm either a splatter fuzz guy or i'm i'm a i'm a like a hairy fuzz guy you know i i can go either way the the splatter within reason because like it's, there's some stuff that I have where it's it's fun to mess around with on your own, but I don't really find a usable application for it in a band setting. Yeah. Um, if it gets a little too out there and too crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, any other any other gear of note that that you think is uh, worth sharing or that you have special or. Well, my friends at Reverb.com just released a funky vintage episode today, which I'm sure you can find on YouTube, that's featuring my Roland Biba Fuzz from the from the 70s. Oh. And so I was just over at their headquarters. They're also based here in Chicago. And yeah. so we did a, a little run through of that. And, and uh, that's that's kind of a... I guess if I had like a prized possession for effects, that's that's definitely one of them. Cause that, that thing is... Uh, it's crazy sounding. I mean, just t- think for a moment. Think back, what, two years ago? Maybe a year ago. Before, think b- about life before reverb. I know. that It's mental. Like, how have we, get, how, that's like, it's I had thinking a about life without a cell phone. It's like, how, how did this, how did we even do this? <laughs> And every time I go there, it's, you know, they're, they're taking over another floor of a building and there's like a hundred more people running around there than I remembered from my last visit. And it's, it's just insane. Like how fast they are growing. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's so weird because it's like, well, of course, of course this is, this is something. How has this not been something? They built a better mousetrap. Damn. Ah. Well, hallelujah for those guys. Yeah. Um, Okay, man. Well, that, that, that helps us. I think us specifically, it, which is important, for, you know, cause this is us, but anybody who's listening now has, I think a, a much better understanding of what you're about from your own musical tastes. Um, the big reason we have you on is to, you know, to, to hear about what it is that you do, your makership, uh, the fingerprint that you're putting on musical gear. Um, and, uh, you know, Johnny was nice enough to send us a box of goodies. Um, we had, uh, I think my personal favorite was the, the, uh, the big rat. Um, that was great, man. I loved the sound of that. I liked that one the most as well. Um, Awesome. I, I don't know what, what you would call that. The, that was the big box rat. So yeah. Like, yeah. Reissue. Of course. I wouldn't want to, you know, start drilling into a, an right. original. But, uh, yeah. And you had the, you had the, uh, the dead bat, uh, mod on that. Yes. Um, and there was a, I think there was like two or three mods that you did on that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some circuit mods that I do, um, as well as, you know, installing the three position diode switch that a lot of modders do. And, and that just, right. you know, lets you dial in some different tone flavors, I guess. Yeah. And then the, the dead bat circuit was something that, I started doing a while ago and I, I think I'm probably one of the only people doing it that, uh, allows you to adjust the voltage being fed to the circuit from the full nine volts down. And then you can dial in some pretty, pretty cool tones. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty sensitive. So as you probably saw, you could really find a sweet spot for it to, you know, what you liked. And yeah, well, that was a cool thing. I was like, knob, you know, strum, strum, knob, strum, strum, and then bang. And you're like, <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Damn, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. And the then sweet spot. you also uh, hooked us up with the BYOC fuzz, yep. which was fun. Yeah. Um, and a, a standalone dead bat, which was, or that was a heck of a lot of fun. Just like plugging in between all my pedals and going like, what does this do? What does this do? Yeah. Um, 
And I think, you know, you uh, specifically said, hey, this, this is going to sound real good on a fuzz. Um, yeah, fuzz, or distortion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I paired that with the BYOC. Um, it had lemon overtones and a woody aftertaste. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, there, you also threw in a, um, a bass overdrive. Yeah. Which was cool. And I plugged that into the guitar just to, pl- to see what happened. Yeah. So and, it was, you, and, and your guitar didn't blow up? It didn't. Oh, sweet. This, wait, was it supposed to? Did I miss uh, out on that? You never know with those bass pedals. <laughs> I, I, now, <laughs> truth, truth be told, I did turn everything way low. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't know what this is going to do. And I don't want to blow anything out. So, um, so anyways. Recall, that's the, the signature sound of the Melvin's guy. Uh, is is using it really? Bass, bass pedal. Yeah, bass overdrive. I think that's... Uh, Huh. That's what he's been doing for a long time. Wow, wicked. There you go. Um and then I recently had done a mod on a on a SD1. Uh nice. and so I appreciated, oh, you put it on the side. He put the toggle on the side. Oh. I did my toggle in between the the I think the tone the tone and level. Well, it depends on if you're using the three lug toggles or the six lug. I'm a, I'm personally a fan of the six lug ones. Okay. Yeah, I just think they have a neater look when you have all the stuff attached there. It's the the challenge is finding space inside the pedal to mount those uh-huh. because those would probably not mount by the volume pots or. It is something. a very tightly packed pedal in there. Yes, but yeah. I, I just think the finished product looks a little better. Yeah, and uh, it's probably a little bit more durable because with the three lug switches that I used to use as well. You're, then you're trying to connect these wires from there right. to some diodes on the circuit board that are always kind of like precariously attached. And because um, I, when I, any of the mods I do, I really strive to make them reliable because I sell to everyone from the basement player to someone that you know tours. Yeah. And I and the last thing I would want is for what I do to compromise the the durability or the quality of, of, you know, that particular pedal. Yeah, so I want sure. to be able to throw it on a pedal board and go tour around the world and not have it be compromised at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, those, uh, those bosses, when you open those up, it's like, wait, maybe they might do, is this a good idea? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyways. Okay. So, all right. We, we should have a, we've hopefully have painted a, a great landscape. A great scenery, a scenario. Yes. yes. Um, so would you please um, indulge us and tell us a little bit about what you do exactly, how and how you got to do it, and, and anything else that comes to mind? And when, yeah. when too. Yeah, well, um, I started doing this just as a hobby, like a lot of people on my kitchen table about four or five years ago. And with no real aspirations beyond just, you know, hey, I wanted to mod some pedals for my own benefit and just, you know, see how they sounded and and see what the possibilities were. And it just kind of organically grew from there where I was doing this. And then I'd have some friends ask me to do, you know, some pedals for them. And then they'd tell some people and someone would contact me and ask if I could do this. And then, Oh, by the way, I have this thing to fix. Can you fix this? And, and, uh, you know, probably a couple years ago was the tipping point where it grew beyond just a hobby. And then I got an actual, you know, space outside of our house, which my wife was very happy about. And suddenly I'm not doing it on the kitchen table anymore. And I've actually got like a workshop slash showroom where we're, we're, you know, we're going in every day and working on pedals um, so primarily what, uh, what I do is repair, build and modify pedals. So I don't have like a large amount of my own product that I'm offering, but I do, I do a lot of services where I'm modifying, repairing, building some kits from scratch. Um, and then we branched off into other things like instrument cables and I do some microphone mods and I do some work on amplifiers and stuff like that. So we try and keep it kind of diverse and interesting. Yeah. And, uh, so where did did you get your electronic skills from? Is that something you 
have always done or like yeah since yeah since i was a teenager i i like a lot of people that were probably my age and were curious about that is i bought the the greg anderton book uh electronic projects for musicians oh, yeah. and kind of tinkered with that yeah i mean it really is like i mean you hear this story so many times from any of the people that that do this but it really is kind of the bible for for what we do and this was before the internet when you couldn't just readily find all this information online mm-hmm. and uh i just kind of naively and you know perhaps foolishly thought that <laughs> every everyone knew how to solder and so when people started coming to me about you know oh can you mod this can you repair this and i just thought like oh there's actually a demand for this service that i just like I said, kind of assume that everyone knew how to do. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think it kind of intimidates some people or some people just, they play and they create music and they don't want to bother with, you know, being hunched over a soldering iron, you know, breathing fumes in. And I can't say I blame them. Yeah. <laughs> I did that all day today. Exactly. <laughs> it is rather addicting though. I, I, I mean, there is something about it. Like if you finally, you know, beyond a, a single, you know, just a quick fix on an output jack or something like really digging in and, and, and getting, getting dirty with, uh, with something like that. Yeah. I mean, especially when you start from scratch and you're yeah. populating a board and wiring it up and, you know, you just get in that zone and all of a sudden, you know, there was so many late nights that, uh, yeah. I like, Oh my God, it's three, it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What, am I, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, you want four of those? Yeah. I can, <laughs> I can have four of them ready for you tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, do customers call you? Do, do you, well, let me start over. Do you, do you get customers that call and, and, uh, they want a specific mod done to their pedal and they, they name specific songs or records or anything like, do you get anything like that? Yeah, well, we'll get people that are looking for a very specific mm. bleh, specific sound, That's or it. maybe they've got, they'll tell me what kind of gear they have or what kind of tone they're going for. And, you know, you mentioned like the SD1. That's such a ubiquitous pedal that there's countless mods available for yeah. that. And you can go so many different directions with it, depending on the sound you're looking for. And because it's so close... Uh, in uh, circuit design as the tube screamer, a lot of those mods will apply. And so it, it goes both ways. Or there's people that maybe they just saw a demo or heard about the mod that I do to a particular pedal and they just already like how it sounds and they just want, you know, the kind of standard off the shelf mod that I've developed for it. Right. Um, so it can go either way where, you know, sometimes they'll place their trust in me that it's going to sound great or else, you know, sometimes they have some very particular ideas of their own. Um, and either way I can accommodate. So that's cool. What, um, I mean, aside from the dead bat, which, um, is that, is that your like proprietary invention? Well, I, I can't claim to invent it cause it's, it's a voltage regulator and that's been around for, for ages but I think I was, you know, one of the first to kind of put it inside of a box and offer it for sale as like a standalone unit. And okay. it's it's just one of those kind of dumb, simple things that I I enjoy playing around with it and seeing how it behaves with with different pedals. And, you know, it's it's a people seem to like it. So when we sell a lot of them, but it's not some big. Uh, What's well, so the entry? You know, the, the price, uh, the price point is like yeah. magic right there. It's like. And that was, and that was intentional on on our part. Like we wanted something that was very entry level that, you know, Hey, you get this in the mail, but here's our business card and here's a sticker and here's some fun stuff. And now that person's calling me because they have something they need fixed or they have a pedal they want modified. And it's it's just a way for us to build a brand and get our name out there. A heck of a great idea, man. A heck of a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So um, and for the pedals that are large enough, like the big muffs and the rats, you can actually fit that same circuit inside and have it built into the pedal. And, right. And, you know, I want to <clears throat> I want to compare that to something similar. Eddie Van Halen, he looks for old. That? I don't know that one guy. <laughs> he looks for old PAFs that. But he's got one. I think the one that was in his Frankenstein, where if you put a, a meter to it, it doesn't read out. But the thing mm-hmm. still works. And uh, I had a pickup like that at one time. 
You put uh-huh. the meter to, to read the ohm. It doesn't read anything, but the thing still works. I mean, I, yeah, that's it's weird, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. Yeah, but I wonder if that has anything to do with the same concept of a dead battery, where the connection is, I don't know. It's there's enough there connected to actually still work, but not to read out any any data, you know, on on the meter. Well, and at a certain point, most circuits are just you know, it's it's you're just not going to hear anything because they're not getting enough voltage to where it can function. Um, particularly with digital pedals like this, this will not work with them because they want to see that constant, uh, you know, nine volts or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I don't, I can't, ex- I can't, uh, I can't comment on the pickup thing. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it was. And, and, uh, you know what the pickup sounded like there was nothing wrong with it like it wasn't even going dead it it was the weirdest thing in the world that's what legends are made of oh yeah (laughs) it it was different and what did i do i sold it because it was it was worth i wish i would have just kept it somewhere but i sold it because i was actually first starting out doing pickups and whatever but uh yeah that the the dead or the dead nine volt thing kind of brought me back to that so i thought i would mention it it was fun so uh, what? Uh, um, obviously, you've done a ton of mods. What is yes. one of your favorite mods to do? Favorite ones to do? Well, the I mean, some of the ones that I'm kind of most proud of that we sell a lot of would be the the standard Big Muff one for the for the current issue Big Muff. And what does that um, do? It's it's pretty extensive as far as the circuit mods that go, but but the the objective is that you know anyone who's played big muffs, uh, they sound great oftentimes when you're hanging out in your bedroom, but because of that characteristic scoop mid range sound, if right. you play with a band, a lot of times your guitar just gets completely buried and disappears in the mix. Right, and so the mod addresses that, um, but also makes it's a mid boost. Yes, and okay. the, and it and it makes it just makes the you know the gain a little smoother and like uh, creamier for lack of a better better word, but but also uh, the the tone control, which is it's kind of a blend of like a high and low cut. It it uh, makes that more usable. So right, it it just makes for a, a much better sounding pedal and a much more usable one in a band setting. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Um, are there any things that you are um, maybe currently trying to develop or or something that has stymied you? That's a good question. Well, one thing that I'm doing that's kind of exciting that I, I can announce is that I partnered with uh, Kevin from uh, Aeon Electronics, and he's developed a Lab Series L5 preamp in a pedal. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Lab Series amps from like the, it must have been like the 80s, but they're solid state, designed by Moog, um, and they're considered by a lot of people like kind of the best like tube-like amps as far as solid state goes, Uh, two channels, and he basically took that preamp circuit from those and developed it into a pedal, which you know, it's got, uh, two channels and, uh, like a compressor circuit, but you know, he sells these, uh, kind of DIY kits, but we're going to be doing a a small run of them that I'm going to build and offer for sale. And, uh, there'll be like the completed lab series preamp pedal, (laughs) um, pretty cool. Complete with, you know, nicely, you know, screen printed and drilled enclosure and a, a lab series badge on them. And, you know, it'll look like, you know, any, right. anything else out there, a boutique that you could, you know, buy off the shelf. And uh, uh, so that that's going to be exciting. And, and for a small builder like myself, that's going to be a, a pretty nice project to, to tackle and, and to, you know, offer up for sale. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. Um. Where we uh, we just pulled up some of the lab series. It's so funny how you can say like, "Oh, name," and and you can scratch your head, and then the minute you see it, you're like, "Oh, that." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, and, you've seen them around forever. 
you know, the the two big uh, users and probably why people are even familiar with him would be B.B. King and uh, the guy from King's X because those first uh, ah, King's X that's albums the one. back in the day. That's like what a I was strat. trying to think of. Yeah, Strat through those was his signature tone for a long time. I thought it was a trainer. It was a no, lab series. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was a lab series for those first, like, four albums, I think. Hmm. I knew I heard so, the name. I just couldn't put it together. So, I mean, this is an interesting concept because you can use it, of course, as a standalone guitar pedal, if you would like, but it's got so much gain that it's capable of where you can run it just straight into a power amp and just use it, you know, as a as kind of a dedicated preamp for your guitar. Huh. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I'm pretty excited about that. That'll be a that'll be a fun thing to to work on. We we have the you know the prototype done, and I got it back from him, and he you know kind of gave his stamp of approval on it, and and said yes, everything's cool, it sounds the way that it should, and and uh, you know, but it's a it's a pretty complex build. It's it's crazy, like how how much is packed under the hood in that thing. Yeah, a lot of knobs. So a lot of knobs. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. 11 op amps. Um, a couple of voltage reg- regulators. Uh, yeah. What is it? 10. Uh, yeah, 10 knobs, 10 potentiometers inside with a, with a couple of internal ones as well. So, what yeah. Kind of, what kind of price are we looking at? It's, it's, it's going to be target is about three twenty five. Okay. So it is not, not for the faint of heart or wallet, but it's just because it, you know, it's, it's a pretty involved build, but if you want it, so, uh, he's got, uh, I guess on that site, he's got the actual board yes. that you can buy, which is if you're doing DIY pedals, that's sort of like, that's the Everest of, of yes. <laughs> That looks awesome. That see, like yeah. I'm, I'm going on my second uh, do-it-yourself build, right? Nice. And, and like I'm totally hooked. I'm gonna keep making them, and we're gonna just start giving them away on on uh, on Instagram and stuff. Oh, that's um, awesome. But I'm looking at that populated board, and I and I'm just thinking, oh, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> now. Attaching all the stinking potentiometers is that is a whole different story. But yes, <laughs> you know what I've I've repaired a, in our old LCD TV to get it to work again, and you can buy the kits, and they're not as involved as that thing. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah monster. <laughs> um, so uh, I have a couple more questions. I think these guys do too. Um, uh, we've got uh, I'd say um, a little bit left in the tank here. Um, when, as as you are working with so many pedals, um, I think it's you know it's weird. Like a guitar has, you know, ninety percent of the same components as any other guitar, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As does a pedal. Mm-hmm. Can have you? If you have an answer for this, cool. If not, like no worries. But. Is there something that you see in pedals that you're like, why isn't there a better one of this? Why isn't there a different way to do this? That is, that doesn't require you manufacturing it. Or, you know, it maybe maybe that is something you're like, I, I wish I could get somebody to manufacture this. But just out of curiosity, because you probably touch more pedals than most people in the world, right? Yeah, well, it's, it would fascinates me and i don't know if this is getting at what you're what you're asking but like uh when you when you, when i have something on the bench for a repair or there there's such a wide range in or, or variance in quality uh not only with like the parts used but with the circuit design and even with just the assembly among all these pedals and some are you know i'm not going to name any names but it's like there's some that are like boutique pedals that are you know being sold at a premium for and you open them up and you know and you know it's like wow there's a reason that this thing is in the shop for a repair because right you know they're they're so poorly done and and just even with the the component selection sometimes uh you know rather than spend the extra few cents to have some you know thicker gauge wire it's all connected with some 
really cheap, thin ribbon wire that, you know, you just look at it wrong and it disintegrates and falls apart. Right. And it's got to be just strictly a cost saving measure at that part, because I can't imagine like why you would choose to use that if it, if it wasn't uh, cost effective. Um, so yeah, I, I, did that answer your question? I'm yeah. Not sure. I mean, I mean it, yeah. So, uh, I mean, internally I definitely understand that. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think part of the, the draw to pedals is, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you're looking at wine bottles or something, you know, you're like, Ooh, that one looks like it would taste good. It looks yeah. like it would taste good, which is a it's completely totally stupid marketing. thing to say. Yeah, it's totally marketing. Um, but that's, you know, it isn't just a, a, you know, the big four or three or four companies making anything. It's like there's, I mean, I can't think of any other explosion of something that is a, 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 a technical product or hell, even a, any other kind of product. Yeah. I mean, I've, we've had these discussions where I'm like, I can't think of a single thing that has blown up with the magnitude and the, and the breadth that this has so fast and is still completely and utterly engulfing and intriguing. I would compare it to the craft beer industry right now, except for because, that, which I didn't think of. Damn. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I tell people that all the time is like, we're in this golden age of, of pedals where there's never been more of a selection and, and options and amazing stuff out there. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way. I've, I've got some friends that work at breweries and, and it, I mean, even in, here in Chicago, man, like five years ago, there was no breweries, you know, and now there's, you know, one on every block, it seems like. Right. So I think people like if we, when we look back at like maybe the last five years, or if we say this decade, like just, you know, a, a general decade, I absolutely think that this will be regarded in a, in a, in a comparative to Renaissance. Yeah. Where everything it, like fashion, um, artistry, food, yeah, beer, guitars, like everybody, it's like, it's like everybody all of a sudden got a microphone and every, and everybody has a voice and, and, and there's somebody that wants to listen to every one of those voices now. Yeah. It's really astounding. No, you're right. And, and I mean, it's, I mean, the result is that it's, even though the, the choices can be sometimes overwhelming, like there's stuff out there that was never available before that do things that, you know, were never available before. And so as a guitar player or as a musician, just creating music, like it's a great time to, well, yeah, have those options available. If you think about it in musical sense too, like think about when punk rock blew up, Mm -hmm. it blew up because everybody, saw everybody else doing something that they're like, wait a minute, they're doing that. I can do, I, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so on and so on and so on. And it just would blew up. Right. Yeah. And as soon as that, as, as soon as like the, the makership thing was demystified and we had access to everything Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, easy to get parts, easy to understand, um, uh, instruction and, and the, the allowance to say, Hey, it's okay if you mess it up. Yeah. That, that actually might be cooler if you do. And the same thing's happening in the pickup world as well. I mean, I started yes. out 10 years ago and, and the last two or three years, I, I see a new pickup builder name guy about once a month. There's some sort of new pickup guy around yep. doing something. And Amplifiers too. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it's it's the access to the information is is what's doing it. And I'm a part yep. of two pickup winder forums, and everybody is telling everybody how they're doing everything. And yeah, I, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll give advice here and there, but. I mean, gosh, man, I think you have to hide a few things under your sleeve to. Yeah, to I'm glad for you your didn't own, say skirt. 
Yeah. Is that- <laughs> well, if I had a skirt, I would hide some of that stuff in that skirt too. You know? Yeah. You got to save some for yourself, you know? Dang. Yeah. So anyways, I, I was just, I was just thinking about that. Um, you know, looking at, um, spending time digging into your work. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's, one thing that we didn't really talk about is that there's a there's so many pickup builders, right? Which mm-hmm. we did cover. But I love the fact that that you are not a pickup or sorry, not pickups, um uh pedals. Sorry, man. My bad. You got me talking about pickups. <laughs> sorry. You are not a another pedal company. I mean you are a yeah. pedal company, but you said here's this thing that I really like to do. And that's at the core of, of all of the great things that are happening. You find that one thing that you're like, Oh man, I get so excited about this particular thing. And you ran with it. And Um, that's cool. Part of it was by design because there's people much smarter than me that are designing and building effects from the ground up. And I don't really have any kind of formal electronics training and everything that I've done is self-taught. And I've been asked many a time, you know, to develop a line of pedals. And it's something that I do have an interest in doing eventually. But at the same time, the last thing someone needs for me is another fuzz pedal out there in the world. <laughs> right, right. And so I tried to find, focus on like what my strengths were. And and that just happened to be, you know, repairing things, modifying things, um, doing some real kind of high quality professional builds of a lot of the kits that are available out there. Yeah. And, you know, people knowing that if they buy it from me, it's going to be done correctly and done well and carries a guarantee with it so that if anything went wrong with it later on, they can, you know, bring it back to me and I'll take care of them. And it's not just some, you know, bedroom build or something. And you have um, a cool logo. Well, thank you. That's what you and <laughs> yeah. I have in common and, as and well. So, and, 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 and along with that, I think I just got really lucky because – a lot of the bigger companies that are kind of known for this, doing this type of more like service work rather than having like a brand, uh, line of products that they offer, stop doing this. Yeah. And so, you know, Keeley does not do mods anymore. JHS, I still, I, I don't want to speak for them, but I, I still think they're at the point where they're not really doing any mods or, or repairs or anything. Yeah. You see, I mean, and, you see them on reverb, but per, those might be throwbacks. Yeah. I think so. Unless they're doing like, modifying new pedals and selling those out of their custom shop or whatever. Okay. I, I, I have a good rapport with those guys, so I should, I should check and not, not speak for them. But, uh, the, the result is that there's fewer options when you need something like that done. And it's pretty much, you know, me and analog man and maybe a handful of other people. Yeah. And so I kind of look at what I'm doing is more along those lines, um, where I'm offering that service uh, to people. And that's, that's what it is. That's cool. What I tried to say before is that's something you and I have in common as, as far as, uh, a warranty. And, uh, I also, uh, I have a similar warranties of, if you're still, if you're still alive and I'm still alive, the warranty's still good. Yep. And (laughs) that's, that's exactly what mine is. You know, as long as I have air in my lungs, uh, there's ever an issue with the, you know, the craftsmanship or the work that I did, you know, not to say that if someone plugs in the wrong power supply into a pedal and fries it, that they're going to get a, a free repair from me five years from now. But if it's something obvious that was related to the work that I did, I always just, uh, repair them free of charge. But to be honest with you, rarely does that happen. Same here. If if you know you're using the best and you're and you're putting it together the right way. You don't have a problem having that yeah. policy. I just wanted to enlighten that. Yeah. Yeah. Highlight that. And, you know, there's other companies out there that, you know, pedal companies or gear companies that I've had those kind of experiences with. And those are the ones that I always recommend to people yeah. because they've got such a, you know, what I would consider a very fair and and generous, uh, policy regarding that rather than looking at it, like someone's trying to take advantage of them or, uh, that it's, you know, it's somehow a hassle that someone's sending something back to them because it doesn't work and they, they stand behind their products and that's why they're probably, you know, still successful and 
you know, while, while I'll recommend them to people. Well, solid, man. Um, we let's, let's, uh, hit up, let's hit up our top four real quick. And uh, as we wrap this up, um, so our top four this week is, uh, connection, uh, area of choice. I'm trying to figure out a way, the best way to say Connection it. placement on yeah. the pedal of choice. Yeah, because you don't want to say the input because it's input and output. But right. you want it in the back? Or you want it <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> on the side. You want it on the sides. Um, this is something that is like... It's a hot topic I, it, on the gear it page. It really is, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, this is... This is... Uh, you know, this is like... It's... It's important if you are populating a board. I'm. It, I mean, it, it matters. So, uh, it's really what our leaders should be uh, talking about during this election season. <laughs> Top right. of side on a jacks. Right. Right. Those are the issues that really matter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So on and, that, Brandon, what do you what do you say? You know, <sighs> bottom. That is that is a really hard question, <laughs> man. <laughs> Right. It, uh, well, you got a 50-50 chance of getting it wrong. So I know, man. They got it. Well, let me tell you, the sides are okay because you can use the angled, you know, you could use the angled yeah. uh, patch cords. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's it an works. old term. But got to have the uh, the angled patch cords if you're going to do the side. And the sides are okay to me. Okay. And, and it uh, whatever is, is more durable uh, within the pedal, you know. That yeah. However, it lasts longer. That that's what really matters to me is durability. And so far, the sides have been pretty good with good quality pedals. Okay, so you got sides. All right, Hefe, what do you got? I'm gonna say side, depending where the actual power jack is. Good call. I don't know how much I know since these are fairly low powered, but keeping the uh, the input jack or the line. AC DC circuit, sorry, DC circuit in away from the the cords. Supposedly, you know, you don't want to get any crosstalk and any of that good stuff. Interesting. So our pedal guy could tell us if that's really a fallacy. Yeah, let's uh he will in a second. I'm going with top mounted because populating a board the sides, I flipping hate it. I d I don't like the idea that I gotta squish my my pass cables and be, you know, ugh. I'm with you on that too. I, yeah. I don't like that idea, but I don't, I don't want to do it, but I have to, it's what I got to do. All right, Johnny, bring us yes. home. Uh, well, I hate to play devil's advocate, but I think it really depends on the cables you're using. Uh-huh. And as you pointed out, the, the location of the power supply, um, as far as a neat look, I think top mounted tends to look a little neater on a pedal board yeah, when you've got does. like all top mounted jacks. But if you're using these kind of low-profile angled connectors like George L's or anything else, those go on the side. They look pretty slick. Yeah. But power supply is going to matter, you know, because I've seen pedals with side-mounted jacks, power on the back, or side-mounted jacks, and then they place the power on one of the sides. Yeah. And those those I don't like as much out of out of the different choices because I think that tends to look kind of sloppy and then you have to worry about how you're running those cables and yeah. making sure that everything doesn't uh, compete with each other. Yeah. No, so, no slip shoddiness. From an assembly standpoint, the top mounted tend to be a little easier to wire up and the finished product looks a little neater because you're just running equal links of wire to connect, you know, the, the lugs on the jacks to the circuit board. Yeah. Uh, but that, you know, that just will vary too, depending on, you know, the particular circuit board and its design. So, yeah, I guess, uh, if I had to choose between one, I'd say top mounted cause I think it is a little cleaner look, but you can't really use So Johnny's with me. I like it. Yeah. You can't use angled jacks <laughs> on those though. I'm not against either or. Yeah. Yeah. You I were. felt like you were. <laughs> Why you hate things so much. All right, Johnny, we're going to wrap this up. Um, Excellent. 
Oh, dude, I'm so glad we got to talk to you. Um, yeah, likewise. This was great. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, and uh, I hope that anybody who's listening, if you guys have comments uh, or questions, uh, shoot them over to, to, to Johnny or us. And um, so he, uh, you want to give a shout out for your, your site and stuff, Johnny? Yeah, uh, it's just alchemy, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y hyphen audio dot com. Uh, if you do a Google search, it should come up uh, right at the top. And I'm also pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. So that's probably the best way to kind of keep up to date on what I might be working on on any particular day. And you got a reverb shop too, right? I do. Cool. Yeah. And an unmistakable sticker logo with a giant A on it with electrical stuff. And, and you got lightnings. the rock cards too, right? Oh, yeah. That was super cool. What'd you get for the rock card? I got, I I got Megadeth. I was like, nice. Wait, did you know that? <laughs> like, I, cause mm. uh, I have Dave Mustaine's guitar pick in my wallet. He threw, he threw at nice. me. So I was like, oh, that's cool, I've, man. I've actually nice. done a, a little bit of work for Chris Poland. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's still out there kicking with his band Ohm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's another bonus. If you order something from Johnny, you get a whole box of goodies, which is, it's kind of like going to a, to a show or a, or a, or a swap meet. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're going to let you go. Um, have an awesome evening and, um, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Take care. Thanks buddy. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. That was weird because that show that only came through my left ear. <laughs> Why is that? Burps are always funny. Oh, well, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs and tell us what you think and share your stories and guitar stuff along with ours. You can also find us at twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also at our website at guitar knobs dot podbean dot com